You're listening to the Wireheads Podcast. Shut up. Welcome back to the Wireheads Podcast. <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. SP, SPG. Or better say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have a segment. I have a segment. Sorry. This is like a surprise segment. I always do this to S- SB and SPG. Where I come up with these crazy segments, and you should, and I, I don't tell them what we're doing or why we're doing it. Eh, it just feels right. And so today, I'm sorry that we don't have SB, but I guess we can just go, we can go back and forth. <clears throat> I'm gonna start with a quick, a quick game, maybe 10, 15 minutes. I call it a game, but it's just a fun little. Exercise. Let's call it an exercise, right? You like teaching, you know. You know a little thing or two about that. I, I've, I've, I've dabbled. I'll let you go first because you know. Well, of course, you don't know. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, see if I'm as quick on my feet as I would like to think that I am. I know you are. Um, name the first song that you ever downloaded from the internet. <laughs> The first song. <laughs> yes. Yes. My segments are the best. The first song I ever downloaded from the internet. Oh, my God. What was that? LimeWire? It was LimeWire at the time. It would have been. Well, I downloaded my first song through LimeWire. Yeah. Yeah, it was LimeWire. I wasn't downloading. No, 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 no. Not LimeWire. Napster. Right. I wasn't downloading as early as you guys. Right. I was, um, you remember? I was, I was a. I'm an older head. <laughs> How was I finding my new music? I, you would go to the record store. I would either buy the actual cassettes or the CDs, mm-hmm. or I would go to um, um, the movie store out by me. Right. Uh, you know, it was either Movie World or Movie Max or whichever. Right, right, right. Right. Mm-hmm. And borrow the latest episode of Yo! Right. MTV Rock. Exactly. I'm play that stuff in my VCR so right. they could hear new songs. The first song I ever downloaded. It has to be downloaded, yeah. Um. Wow. Tell me. Like I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like that might have been. And that stuff is still on my old hard drive. Um, <laughs> to this day, I don't know. Like, what would that have been? Maybe a very old song, but like maybe a maybe a late. Wu Tang song, a maybe, Wu-Tang. maybe uh, yeah, a later, a very early. Ooh, it might have been a song around the time when um, Kanye was really starting. What you know, like you know, in his um, college dropout days, right? I don't know. I don't remember what. what I pushed me in his bends. I call it a miracle whip. Back mm-hmm. back in that time. Wow. <laughs> um, he loved in, that line. Yeah, if, if I like that he line, he's so proud of that line. <laughs> Um, yeah, it might have been something like late Wu Tangish because you know, like maybe, like even as long as late as um, I know I'm rambling on as late as because um, we got more stuff. Yeah, as late as Iron Flag, I was still buying the music. Still buying. Mm. Um, so yeah, maybe around the college dropout stuff. But okay. I, I, that's something I would have to dig back to know. <laughs> okay, so I gonna go. The first song. No fair. I know. The first song that I ever downloaded was Donnell Jones' "Where I Wanna Be." And fun fact for all, all you youngins that don't know, 
Donnell Jones' Where I Want to Be video was the first cameo that Beyonce ever made. Did you know that? That's no. A, yeah, that's a fun fact. She was Donnell Jones's love interest at the time. She was a teenager. And I think they were signed or on the same label or... And so they put her in the video. And they added her in the video. And she was gorgeous. Oh, yeah. She was gorgeous in the video, too. I remember. Tremaine. Yeah, I know what I'm saying. Did you just say that? I know what Beyonce I'm saying. Beyonce was gorgeous? I know what I'm saying. Yeah, you, you, exactly you, what I'm you saying. You paid Beyonce a, a compliment? But I like Destiny's Child as Destiny's Child, you know. Pre, pre, like, pre the solo run. The, the trio run. Pre the solo run, I would say. Um, but I'm yeah, watching you all decide the way I That's okay. Um, Donnell Jones, where I want to be. So, are you familiar with that song? No. Let my baby girl. No, I, I, can I? Can I? Can I? Can I? Female dog slap you? No, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> How can you ask me if I know that song? I don't so, know. That song's amazing. Yeah, I know. Right? I know that song. All right, Donnell Jones, where I want to be. Well, was something, man. Was my first download. All right, a beautiful song. Next one. This is gonna be a harder question, so I want you to think about it. Okay. Oh, okay. What album definitively changed your life? <laughs> you got it. That's easy. That's easy. That's easy. Nas, which one? Oh, no, it was a Nas. <laughs> it was a Nas? Nas? No. Public Enemy. It's a, it's a close swarm between Public Enemy's Fear of a Black Planet and Boogie Down Productions' um, Edutainment. I hope it was put. BDP? It was BDP's edutainment. Can you check that for me? But what what do you want? Hey, hey, was the artist? Boogie Down? Boogie Down Productions. Uh-huh. Edutainment. Edutainment? Yeah. Was that an, like was it them or was it Kara Swan that was that was doing edutainment? Yeah, it said yeah. Boogie Down Productions yeah. Edutainment. Yes, but yeah, Boogie Down Productions Edutainment. That changed your life. One of the two of them. I I attribute fear of a black planet with opening my door to hip-hop mm. when i listened to that like public enemy like blew my cool man i got completely into it that was the album that had on um um welcome to the terror dome and oh my gosh some amazing songs and um uh it was but i think and so like that opened the doors to hip-hop for me but when kara swan from boogie Dumper Editing Boogie Down Productions mm -hmm. said on that song, Take the pillow from your head and put a book in it. <laughs> Listen to me. Um, I, I, I'll say it's a tie between those two. Okay, fair enough. Um, I also have a tie between two songs, and that's why I said it was such a. I thought you said albums. Albums, sorry, albums, not albums for sure. You're <laughs> right. Thanks for calling me out. Um, and it's a very close tie between Jason Mraz. I don't know if you're familiar with Jason Mraz, but Jason Mraz, love is a four-letter word. Um, for all you Jason Mraz fans, you know how amazing that album was. And the tie would be between that and Raphael Sadiq, Instant Vintage. And I think Instant Vintage edges ahead um, just because I felt like Raphael Sadiq's, Raphael Sadiq's experience as a black man going through the trauma, he... He, you know, he's come from a family where he's had like maybe seven or nine siblings and five of them have been killed, whether through most of them through gun violence and stuff like that. He's led like a really hard life. And um, and his his feelings about being a man and loving, loving women, but, you know, being thrust into this world where women throw themselves at you and 
and and you know and being focused on the woman you love like so there's a lot of things in that album that have kind of bled into the way that I see myself as a person and I can identify more with him because he's ha you know he has a black experience as opposed to Jason Mraz who probably grew up in um, upper to middle class white America and you know has probably you know that is very interesting what you just said that was your that was that was, that was, that was sorry <laughs> no no go ahead go ahead go ahead are you finished I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. No, it's just, I guess I, I, what you just said is very, you're very right. Because those two albums that I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. very militant. Militant. Right. Okay. Fear of a Black Planet. It's just that. It's an album about the um, Caucasian race of, of Earth mm -hmm. treating African peoples mm -hmm. in the way that they do because they fear a planet that is black in color. Correct. Um, for well, all the bits and pieces that come with that. And then edutainment was also very much about um, agitating and resisting the various oppressive ideas of, you know, that kind of stuff. And it really made, it really defined me as a Exactly. It's, it's kind of like at the bedrock of who you are, who right? Who I am, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, hey. And you never thought about it like that before this conversation. I guess not. I mean, there is a particular mark Oh, yeah, that says that. There you go. Um, I, I felt like um, Raphael Sadiq, in that moment when he put out Instant Vintage, it was, for me, it felt, it felt like me on a record, but simultaneously it felt like who, the place that I wanted to be as a person. I wanted to be at that point where I knew who I was, I understood my blackness, my place in the world. I understood who I was as a black man in a relationship. Cause you know, you all you always have these facets of your personality. You know yourself as a friend, you know yourself as a lover, you know yourself as a husband, you know yourself as a brother, as a friend. And so it really defined that to me. And the music was so beautiful. Like there's a song at the end of the album that you only get to if you sit through three minutes of silence. Three minutes of silence. And so at the end of the song, I obviously I didn't get there, so it all faded out and stuff. And then you sit there and you're like, and then it goes bum, 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 bum. And then it transitions into this whole new world. Almost like it's if the end of the album is like a catharsis and a and you 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 turn you're now the butterfly. So you've gone through your cocoon is shedding, and now it's the butterfly moment at the end. It's amazing, instant vintage. I don't know if they ever won any Grammys or awards, but you know what? That's not important. Shout out to Frank Ocean. Who cares? Who gives a shit about Grammys? No one. All right. So now that we got that out of the way, let's really dive into what's gonna take 45 minutes. Okay, so. My question to you, my question to myself, my question to our viewers, listeners, listeners. sorry guys. Hey, you know where I come from a place where podcasts were filmed, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the question is, the big question is, does cultural appropriation have a rightful place in music? <laughs> I wish you guys could see how SPG, how wide his eyes open just now. <laughs> no, 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 here. Yeah, I'm going to frame it within this context. Or oh, are you going to give me an underpinning? The definition of cultural appropriation is the adoption of an element or elements yeah, yeah. of one culture by members of another culture 
for let's put context to it this can be controversial when members of the dominant culture appropriate from disadvantaged minority cultures so it's not just appropriation from one culture to the next it's when you take advantage we utilize that culture from uh, uh, from uh, from, uh, from a peoples that your people uh, oppress. Go sound off. What's your take? <clears throat> and your question originally was: <laughs> <laughs> Does cultural appropriation have a, a rightful place, place? A rightful place in rightful, music? not a place. Of course, it has a place, but a rightful place in music. Meaning, is it something that should occur? Should occur. I know where you're going with this one. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, you're going somewhere. You're not just idling by the corner, <laughs> waiting for the light to change. <laughs> Listen, um, because you're going, are you trying to enter the realm of <laughs> right? Of um, are you trying to say mm-hmm. that if a person's path of artistic expression mm-hmm. is through cultural elements of a people to which they do not belong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, <laughs> if that people mm-hmm. is an oppressed group, of the group to which you do belong, mm-hmm. that that person should um, betray, or deny, turn their backs on what they wanted to do artistically so that they do not venture into the ethical minefield that is what it is you're trying to put me with. I don't know. Um, you remember back in the day? Like, sorry. Like, let's talk. I, I, I gonna, I gonna help you. I, you, you can help me. I can, I can help you. Well, thank you, sir. You remember? You may not remember, but there was a time back when stuff like Bantu knots and cornrow hair had a particular stigma attached to it mm-hmm. as being appropriate or inappropriate in a particular way or not. You mean you mean like these things? Like like those things. Um and but then when most notably was it who was it? Not Madonna, was it not Kylie Jenner, was it? Um <clears throat> Kim Kardashian, somebody, someone of a different race adopted that same style. You mean sound with girls? Oh car was here. Or Bantu knots or something, and then it was like, oh my god. You see this hot new style by XYZ, do, 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 mm-hmm. and it was lauded. Mm-hmm. was cultural appropriation to the nth degree. Mm-hmm. In music now, as an artistic form, how, how, do we, how do we draw a line under what is too far? How do we draw a line under? Because music is this thing that it kind of floats and moves, and we got fusions. Okay, well, let and, me challenge you then, all right? So what I'm gonna do is like combo breaker. Mm-hmm. Eminem grew up in Detroit. Okay, cool. 
completely immersed in the hip hop scene there. Right. When Eminem is rapping, you have any doubt about the man's how well, how steeped he is in that? No, you don't. Do you? I don't. Okay. But he's a white guy. So the question here is, by one big cultural though, because he grew up in the culture. Exactly. Hold on. Right. That's my whole point. Right. Because you see, you know, need to look at the. You need to delineate this thing now. Where you are, are you going to claim that hip hop is predominantly? I mean, I'm just talking about this particular art form, and I mean music. You know, you, I, I talk, talk about, about music. music. I music, talk as a whole. music in general, mm -hmm. because I mean, this has happened a lot. All right, okay, okay, I'm all over the place. Um, speaking about this hip hop, the hip hop in particular, but we're going to talk about some other art forms. Mm -hmm. um, are you going to claim that hip hop is a black and Afro American art form? If, it, if you say it's an Afro-American art form. Culturally? What? Culturally? Yes. Right. Yes. So so we're talking about the genesis of the culture, of the art form? Because if you talk about the genesis, then yes. 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 Yeah, very much so. <laughs> yes. It isn't just that. It isn't just that cool Herc and, um, oh my gosh, I can't remember. Not cool Modi. Oh, um, no. Cool Herc and um, um, I can't remember the name of the other guy. It isn't just that they started doing the hip hop parties in, in 73 or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they would just do some like freestyle. Not Africa Bimbada. No, I can't remember the name of the guy. Cool Herc and um, oh, there. I don't remember the name. I can't remember the name of the other artist. Mm -hmm. um, but they who started, the, the hip hop started at just like at, at parties, mm -hmm. right? And DJ would just, the DJ would have a hype man and the hype man was the MC and he would, you know, mm -hmm. do some freestyling. Yeah. Right? And that's how it started. That's, that that was done by black people. Yeah. And then when uh, it, 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 there was and there was no way that the Afro American experience would not um, channel its pain and anguish and its its particular concerns through that concern. through artistic expression. So mm -hmm. if there was a new form of black expression, then you're gonna hear stuff about their life experiences in that form of expression. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, hey, you were hearing about it in blues, you were hearing about it in rock and roll. Of course, so yeah. then you were gonna hear about it, you were hearing about it in soul music. So mm -hmm. you're gonna hear it in the hip hop, right? Mm -hmm. When it started. So there's no way to say that that is, wasn't, you know, that didn't come from Afro-Americans. Mm -hmm. So, but then if, but then, and I'm not gonna, I'm gonna completely dismiss <laughs> Vanilla Ice. Yeah. Right? But if you have an artist um, like, like nobody disbelieves the authenticity of, say, Matt Miller, no, or Eminem, no. Um, I mean, I I don't know how do you feel about Yellow Wolf. I mean, these are artists that you know they seem to have grown up, and this is what they wanted to do, and this is what they felt. You know what I'm saying? But you kind of wonder, is it that you know, like if you listen to it enough, you didn't, you don't live these experiences, you don't live within. You, do you live amongst the people? You're, it will never be your experience because you're just not the same color. Yes, agreed. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, so you're not the same color. So my question is, um, can those artists, are you accusing those artists of cultural appropriation? No, because, because I'm looking, if you look at cult, if you just break it down, cultural appropriation. So obviously you would have to be from a set culture, appropriate another culture. So Matt Miller wouldn't be appropriating black culture because he's a part of black culture. He's a, he's a product of black culture, as it were, because that's his experience and his existence. But that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you there. 
but then is hip hop black culture or yes. is it hip hop culture? No, but that's insane. If, if we're talking about the genesis of it, genesis is black it culture. It came out of black people. Right, exactly. So I guess the greater question would be how much of hip hop culture is still black? Fair enough. You see, that would be the real question. But for me, my question is even above hip hop culture. It's about taking, taking and borrowing from certain cultures repurposing it in a particular way for a new sound without, without really helping or creating some type of advantage to the culture that you have no sample or I'm not even used. sure of repurposing it is what really <laughs> happened. You got people that just took it and did the same thing. True. But because if they were of the other race, they were it was allowed it was appreciated then right it was then listened to because that's the whole person the, the, the idea behind how rock and roll became yeah um a, a, who created rock and roll i i'm not okay with the names but i understand that it was a black a black originated mm -hmm. it was black originated and then it was taken and it was the reason I say a repurpose is because it's kind of impossible for an artist to take something and not use it and express it and there not be some type of small nuance change in what is then put out. Because rock and roll as is, is not rock and roll as it was taken or that it was appropriated. The two right now, if you look at the two genres, it's completely different. I'm sure it wasn't heavy metal that was appropriated, you know. It was something that was called rock and roll or rock steady or whatever you want to call it. It was something different then. And now it's, it's, it's this new form and genre now. So what? So essentially, you're asking if cultural appropriation has a place in music. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Does it really have a rightful place? Like, Can you do it in a way that is meaningful? I mean, I know it's a derogatory term, appropriation. But in the world of music... I like music that's a fusion. So are we saying you can only have a fusion music when the left side and the right <clears> side <throat> are both to up the same level that it makes sense to bring the two together? Well, see, I was going somewhere can with my point, be some right? Because like, just name, name a hip-hop artist that you think culturally appropriate. There's, well, what is this? Chief One. Drake. Drake? Of course, yeah. There, there, there are long YouTube videos on how Drake appropriates culture, um, whether it be grime, whether it be Jamaican music, whether it be whatever. It's always some new thing that Drake jumps in, takes, and then moves on to the next. He catches the vibe. He looks for the vibe in the different... It's like how I came upon his kid, how I came upon the same Wiley. And that's that's why the, the question it always is, does that have a place? Because what I know, have known who Whiskey is, they not for Drake. Might be known, or I may have known about him like 10 years on, mm -hmm. not in the moment mm -hmm. because he's not that trendy artist, right? So you're saying that there's a, there's a, a, a functional use for it? That's my question. That is, the, that is what I'm going after thematically. And if there is a functional use for it and it has a rightful place, under what parameters? Can it can it exist? Well, I mean, let's see what I'm saying. At, I mean, if you're looking at it purely from the, from the production of and the, the existence of absolutely beautiful music, yes. then you but can give music it. first. So forget cultures, just focusing on the music. I guess because okay, 
Um, Post Malone. Oh dear. Oh dear. Cultural appropriator. I would have to say yes because of his comments that he made. Because of the comments he made. Exactly. But but Posty, I didn't call him Posty. I don't listen to his music. That's too endearing a term for me. Thanks. Posty, Posty strategically tapped into hip hop culture, but then has no, I keep using the word reverence, but has no respect for all that makes hip hop culture, hip hop culture. Right. So he's appropriated the culture to his advantage. To me, I think that has no place. So Post Malone could get a big F you, in my opinion. But there are people who love Post Malone because he makes good music. So what are we saying? This is what I'm saying. Are we saying that yeah, the output always what you've had to do to get to the output? I mean, okay, let me see. See how good my my uh, my segments are? Shout out, shout out to Drizali. <laughs> uh, um what about okay? What about um Justin Timberlake? Okay. How has he appropriated? That's what will be my question. I mean, because I don't think he really has. He's been he's been close to hip hop culture. I guess. But I don't mean, think he's his changed. music was his music was R and B for a while, but in one of his more recent um um um, um, um excursions into the um, into the into the audio audio realm, mm-hmm. um about maybe what two or three years ago or something like that. Audio verse. He, he talked about he talked about going back to his roots and the album was an R and B. Right. Because that's not where he comes from. But but he hooked up with Timbo. Yeah. And he worked with Timbaland for, for many years as well. Right. 4040. That was the last yeah. one that they did together, yeah. right? Can't remember. Whatever. But and obviously Timbaland is <laughs> that's that's who Timbaland is. That's who Timbaland is. So your producer is gonna make that music. I don't think JT has appropriated because I don't think he's ever come across as dibble dabbling in okay so he's never tried to be hood to me he's never tried to be gangster to me he's never tried to personify the things that are quintessential hip-hop culture or well i wasn't thinking about hip-hop in this case i was thinking about r&b but what what's r&b you see what i'm saying like r&b is weird r&b is 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 more of a the lines are blurred. No, no offense to Robbie. Um, <laughs> what's his name? Uh, Thick. Robin Thick. <laughs> I'm, I'm just. I'm so. I'm You're so not a Robin Thick fan. Thicky. Thick. Eh. Thicky. You're I, not a Robin Thick fan. I. Right. Seriously, you don't like Robin Thick. Interesting. I mean, he has some okay songs. I, mm, He's okay. Right. He's just average to me. Mm. But yeah, I, I don't feel as if these these people have really gain some type of advantage from dipping into to cultures. And maybe for me is that, okay, so for instance, if Justin Timberlake suddenly had a Swahili R&B song, or if he suddenly had a Jamaican song, you know, I'd be like, why are you dipping into all these cultures? So? You see, and then this brings you to the next question. Why can't they? As a musician, you should be able to do, do it. Whatever type of music you want to do, mm-hmm. right? But this is what I'm saying. So why is it that Drake, why is it that Drake of all hip hop artists um, is like a world citizen? Like why, 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 why is he, why is he everything? Why is he Jamaican, Barbadian? And people about to accept it. So he probably is with the people. 
if the it, people if it's a problem drake decided to do what he's decided to do <laughs> no nah, i mean svg is getting very wise right now guys so <laughs> hold on to your seats <laughs> either that or i'm doing a good job no. of, of, of faking myself through this segment believe me anyway <laughs> um yeah drake drake does whatever drake does right mm-hmm. right Virgil right drake on my drake and um <laughs> I know, um, right? <laughs> Yo, that is so funny. Honestly, that is so funny. Right? I know. <laughs> and um, and people, people just lap it up like mm-hmm. like cats at the milk um saucer. Like they do, they do, they do. And and that maybe because they're really enamored with him. They really like his music. They think he's a handsome guy. You know. I think there is a way to have meaningful and genuine collaboration across genres or across cultures without overstepping or or without with with, while paying respect to that culture without seeming like if you're becoming that culture or you are deeply entrenched in that culture for the sake of making a record there there is a space i believe to collaborate in a way without making the people of that culture feel how are you talking like us you don't come from where we come from how are you how are you referencing Aki and Saltfish when you don't know about Aki and Saltfish or Breadfruit Tree? There is a way to do that. Because when I think about it from the other side, as an artist, I can collaborate with you musically, but in my words, I don't have to become you in your context. I feel like it's almost as if a white person and a black person were on a track and a white person who has not had a black experience is rapping on the track as if he's had a black experience on the block. You know, I remember when my mom was cooking that ramen for me in the kitchen. And you know, that was not your experience. That was not your experience. So don't talk like that. But I can collaborate with you. You could tell me about what it was like where you're from. And we can have a musical fusion of that. And we can have musical references to our, our points of origin without you having to become me in a record. I just, I feel like it's, it's so inauthentic. It is. Yeah, I mean, of course. And then for the sake of what? For the sake of being trendy? For the sake of, oh, this is, this seems hot right now. This is a new wave where I come from. They've never heard this kind of talk. They've never heard this kind of language. No one knows what's P-O-K-E-Y. No one knows what that means. So I can drop this reference and be like, oh, P-O-K-E-Y. And then that's the new vibe. <laughs> nah, I'm not here for it. I'm not here for it because it matters. This is a me. You don't turn this into a... Don't turn this into a I see you, Drake moment. He's just, he's just like the main the main perpetrator of this type of behavior, but it's not just only to Drake. And it's not just to music. It's it's in fashion, it's in hair, it's in beauty. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. across the board. And I just, I take big issue with it. Um, 
And to to be honest, and like I said, that's why I started the segment with the with the definition because it's about <clears throat> the minority. And and from the you know taking advantage of the minorities. It's different. I don't want to say it's different. Everyone should be proud of where they come they come from and the, you know their heritage and everything that makes them them. But don't do that. Don't do them like that. Because then then cornrows don't have the significance which they really do. Then Bantu knots aren't really what Bantu knots are. They're not a wave. You understand what I mean? They're 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 an African style that represents something. Mm-hmm. There's heritage behind that. There is mm-hmm. history behind that. Don't right. take that. And- so, as far as you're concerned, then um, certain celebrity celebrities shouldn't cornrow their hair. I mean, sorry, Caucasian celebrities shouldn't cornrow their hair. They should not prefer, or should they do it? But if anyone makes those ridiculous comments, like, you're gonna "Oh my it. God, look at this new trendy style," that that artist should say, "Teach a woman." Yeah, this is not a new trendy style. This is not a new trendy style. I didn't make this. I didn't make this. Correct. This going on for eons. Correct. I just happen to like it. Yeah. And I wanted to wear, and I want, and I, and I'm going to take this opportunity to indicate that this is in all. I have borrowed this style from a people. That is correct, sir. And I do it with all respect and honor to what this, what this means. Is that too much to ask? Is that really too much to ask? Well, I mean, you know, like some people are going to look at you and tell you, like, you know, carry your backside. I just want to wear this hairstyle. I want to do what I want to do. I want to do what I want to do. Yeah, you're right. You know, you're right. I, I mean, the, the, one of the things I was going to say to you is that. You know, money rules all. And if if Drake is about doing what 50 Cent says that he's been doing. Guys, I'm not making this about Drake. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm not making this about Aubrey or Drake's or Ducks or Virgil's. <laughs> I ain't not making this about anything. Show them to S.P. Gillett and the Gillett. Drake fall off. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, um... Like the almighty dollar. Did I just say that? Ew. The, um, <laughs> you know, uh, money is a thing. Point. Uh, <laughs> um, where, you know, if, if you decided, that, oh, this is the new way in which I'm going to continue to generate buzz around myself and the music I make. Correct. I can snatch this ass and do this thing. And that's that's what I that's what I deem to be cultural appropriation. Yeah. A new wave. Searching for a new wave. Because let's let's be honest. Being black is not a wave. Being black is amazing, and it has been amazing for many years. It has. Like, these things that people do know, like this Afrobeat, this, this stuff has been around. You want to you wanna, you wanna, um, you wanna qualify that? That what? That it's been around? Or that no, being, being black? black has been amazing, because it's been a bit difficult. Well, when I say that... You mean in terms of the artistic expression that we have? Correct. And, and the way in which our people express the, ourselves? Yes. yes. And, 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 and through music, through fashion, through, through clothes, through... Art, film, whatever film, it is. Yeah. whatever it is. It is I, it, it's beautiful. And it's vast, you know? So I, I, I don't and know. to um, speak like a British... Uh, British. Like, like a British thug. Is, that, a, is he? <laughs> like a British thug from a movie that we've all watched. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. <laughs> gorgeous. Oh, was that appropriation, sir? No, because we're a minority. <laughs> oh, 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 are you gonna are you gonna pull that double? Yeah, standard? yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to me. Gillette spoke to me about whether or not black people could be racist recently. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting conversation. You, you wanna have that talk? No, we're not. Oh 
However, however, <laughs> I'm now going to ask you a similar question. Can the oppressed people appropriate the culture of the oppressors? Under the definition of appropriation? <laughs> it would have to be a slightly under, different de- definition, uh, wouldn't it? Um, under, the, under the definition of the comquat, what are you talking about? Right, because appropriation is from, it's like osmosis, is from uh, an area of... Thing. It has to be from right the oppressor so, to... from. Sorry. Yes. Yes, you're right. Yes, you're right. You're right. From the oppressor to the minority. No, from the minority, from the oppressed by the oppressor. Is that better? From the oppressed by I, the oppressor. We're getting our conjunctions mixed up. I think so. <laughs> I think we need to wrap this segment. I think we need to wrap this segment, guys. But let us know what you what your thoughts are. Um, does cultural appropriation have a place in music? If so, what is that place? Um do we need to be more is it an, an awareness is it uh or should we even be bothered and just um give ourselves to the concept of the worldwide cultural melting pot and that you know no particular music form belongs to any particular people but it should embrace all others <laughs> i think that the music forms do belong to people i think the music forms do belong to other people to out uh, to, sorry to people but the music forms can absorb, can be not adopted, but it, but the music, the culture can adopt other people's. But you see, that's the thing. All music, well, and I'm obviously speaking from a from a from a black perspective. Obviously, all the music that I know <clears throat> that really connects with people is because it's rooted in some deep cultural meaning or message. Mm. You talk about dance hall, you talk about soca. These things are rooted in the fabric of the very society, hip hop music, everything. I, I can't speak on heavy metal, um, stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know if pop music, like what Justin Timberlake and NSYNC would sing, used to sing in the past, what that's rooted in. I'm sure it's rooted in something. Maybe. Is it? Is it just a watered down version of R&B for white America. I don't know. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I'm not, run, I'm like not even going to go there. I'd just like to interject here and say, you think my expressions were crazy? You should see whole <laughs> ultra yeah, 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 I, I think I hurt my face. It's not actually. <laughs> I think I hurt my face. But anyway, guys, you know, let us know. We could talk forwards on this topic. Thanks for rocking with us once again. SBG, you want to close this out? <clears throat> Didn't I do that last time? Um, <laughs> man, this has been another edition of the Wireheads podcast. Uh, we love connecting with all of you. Um, um, our circuits do sizzle. <laughs> yeah, I got to drop some corn. <laughs> Until next week, have a great time and anticipation to hear us next. Shut up. Guys, thanks so much for kicking it with us. Trizale and SPG and SB, we out. <laughs>